What if we looked at the role of the church differently? Aber was ist, wenn wir die Aufgabe der Gemeinde anders betrachten? To send some fantastic people to serve in government. Fantastische Leute in die Regierung hinauszusenden. What if the church was sending some of its people into the business world? Und was wenn die Kirche Leute in die Geschäftswelt hinaussendet? What if we were sending young people into the teaching profession? Was wenn wir junge Menschen als Lehrer aussenden? And then another important institution in society is media. Und noch was wichtiges in der Gesellschaft sind die Medien. Your church is at a very important milestone right now. Eure Church steht jetzt gerade an einem sehr wichtigen Meilenstein. Imagine your neighborhood would shine. Approximately about three years ago, Dr. Robbie Sondrecker asked me to join him to climb the Virgin Mountain, one of the highest mountains in Switzerland. And he said, well, Pastor Leo, I want to produce a movie, a film, and I will travel and give the people just a glimpse of what's happened in Sudan and North Iraq. He said, there's so many refugees right now at the border, and somebody has to stand up and be a voice for those people that have no voice. And I was very touched about that idea because I always like adventure. I said, yes, of course, I will do it. I will join you. But I have to be honest, when we climb back from that mountain, I ask myself for the very first time the question, because there are so many needs on earth, and I have a heart for many, many needs, but I ask myself the question, if I would have the chance to raise some money for social need, what would it be? For what kind of an area I will raise money, and what kind of an area God has called me to be a light on this planet Earth. There are many, many needs on Earth. For example, there is poverty, natural disasters, there is violence, prostitution, famine, a lot of depressions, terror, homeless people, force of nature, slums, human trafficking, loneliness, abuse, vandalism, hopelessness, addictions. There are usually two reactions when you hear all these kinds of stuff. Either you think, oh my gosh, God puts all the needs in my heart and I have to solve everything. You are smashed already. You feel like God is killing me. Or second reaction usually is you hear all these things or you hear amazing stories about social work or social needs. Uh, you're walking out of the church, say, oh, this was a cool point, it was a cool message, but somehow it's not linking with my heart, it's not matching what's going on in my heart. And you, because you're Christians and you feel a little bit like I'm doing something wrong. I ask myself my question, all the needs on planet Earth, what is the one thing that God has called me to be a light or a salt on this planet Earth? When I climbed down the mountain of the Virgin Mountain of Switzerland with Dr. Roby, I had like a godly moment where God has speak to me and said, Pastor Leo, your job is to raise money for the persecuted Christians. For those Christians, they have to run away, they have to flee for those people. You have to be a voice and also a light on this planet Earth. I would love to start this very, very simple message with the question. 
There are many, many needs on earth, right? But what kind of a need God has laid in your heart? What kind of a need God has called you to make a difference? What I like about God, you have to understand there's so many needs and I can push you now a lot of pressure on you, but you have to understand how God works. God speaks, we are the body of Christ. And the body has different functions. Maybe, maybe you're the foot, maybe your feet, maybe your ear, maybe you're the hair. But you have a different function. What God is doing, he takes all the needs on earth, he splits it up and gives you a part and me a part and Bjorn a part and to everybody a part. And if you fulfill your part, the body is, is, is already together. With other words, God splits up all the needs in different people and God calls different people to do different things. And if you're doing your job, in the end of the day, the body is completed. That's the strategy of God. I want to start with an amazing Bible verse. Before I do this, that I will bring you some top excuses. I mean, when, you, when I talk with people or when I sometimes look in my own heart, sometimes you have some excuses. Some people say, especially in Switzerland, I have no time. I am very busy. I mean, let's be honest. The bank without me, it's lost. Or some people say, It's this person's own fault. I mean, sorry, this person makes by choice a mistake, has no problem, and now why should I help this person? They should think before they do that, you know? Another thing, somebody else can do it better. I'm not a professional in this area. It's very funny. God never used professionals. God always used people say, God, here I am. Use me for your glory, for your kingdom. Some people say, oh, it's, it's too dangerous. I mean, I, I, I could die. It cost me like a Norman and leg. Some people say it's only a drop in the ocean. I mean, sorry, if I give my life for that, it will make no difference. For example, uh, human trafficking, you, you bring one lady out and the next day there are three new ladies in the human trafficking. With other words, makes no difference. This is no genuine substantial help. With other words, this is not, not a foundation. These are some excuses that people have. Of course, not you. We are ICF. We're different. I want to read you an excuse about uh, chapter 3, verse 7, how God thinks about needs. And this is a very amazing Bible verse. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of the people in Egypt. God sees the need. That's the thing. I mean, when I went out for a party, when I was not a Christian, my mom always said to me, God sees everything. I said, Mom, don't quote that Bible verse. <laughs> I don't like it. I hear them crying out because of the slave drivers. God hears. God sees, God hears. And it goes on. And I'm concerned about the suffering. God sees, God hears, God knows. With other words, even when we go into our own life to certain stuff, God sees, God hears, God knows. What God is doing, he splits up the social needs to certain people. Let's go into the Bible. Moses, for example, God saw the suffering of the, of the Israelites. God said, Moses, you are the chosen one, and I believe you're the man who can solve that problem. Moses was chosen to let the people of God out of Egypt. Another guy was Nehemiah. He saw that the, the walls were destroyed for many, many years. The enemy came, robbed everything. They walked in, walked out. The people of God were not safe anymore. And Nehemiah saw that and all of a sudden he felt the calling of God to do something. Have you ever thought in your own life, somebody should do something? The somebody, usually it's you. 
Or another one, David, David, when he saw Goliath for 40 days and night, he was, he was accusing God. And the soldiers, the professional, those that have learned that, they were afraid. Here comes small David. He's not a professional, has no clues. Says, oh, here's Goliath, and I will kill you. And he killed him. With other words, God splits up the needs to certain people and said, you are chosen for that kind of area. Stand up and do something on this planet Earth. Mother Teresa said something astonishing. I want to read it to you. It's one of, I think, three quotes this afternoon. I never look at the masses as my responsibility. I looked at the individual. If I look at the mass, I will never act. With other words, do you know how you start a church? With one person. You, you baptize one person, you teach one person, you bring that into your church, and this person brings another person, another person, a person, and all of a sudden your church is growing. Church, in the end of the day, it's always one person. You meet one person, you take care for one person, you coach one person, you counseling one person, you kick out the demons for one person, and all of a sudden it starts to grow. God has called you always for one person. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, it's almost one of the last teachings of the life of Christ and always the last teachings are the most important thing. For example, when I go on vacation, oh honey, don't forget watering the plants. And by the way, the car is dirty. And by the way, the goldfish in, can you do this? This is what Jesus is doing actually. He said, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Social ministry starts always, you see in the people always Jesus. It's always God in the people. It's not as circumstances, it's always people and the people you see God. When you're reading the Bible from the Old to the New Testament, you're always facing some social questions. Let's go to some social questions and we have to have questions about it. What about the poor? What about the poor? I mean, now, right now you are in Switzerland. Switzerland is for me almost like heaven. It's very rich. It's very beautiful. It's very safe. I mean, I was in Romania. It's only two hours flight from Zurich. There are people earning like 300 euro a month. We think about vacation. Should I go to vacation to Italy? Should I go to France? People in Romania, you know, do you know where to go for vacation? They stay at home. Just go on vacation, it's luxury, it's actually already a blessing. But for the most Swiss people think, three times a year vacation, I deserve it. Yeah. What about the widows, the orphans and the single parents? Who cares for the sick and the dying people? That's the question. Does somebody want to visit the prisoners? Those, they were really, really rough and hard to do a lot of crazy things. Who will give clothes to the naked? Who will take in the orphans? Who listens to the mourners? Who gives water to the thirsty, bread to the hungry, and offers community to the outcasts? These are some questions where the local church has to find solutions. And when I speak about social needs, here's the picture. We are the body of Christ. You cannot do everything but you can do one thing that God has called you. If you do the one thing and I do the one thing, the body of Christ is completed. Now I want to bring you a killer Bible verse. 
Now you can always find a Bible verse to put a lot of pressure to the church. Here is a pressure Bible verse. Are you ready? James chapter 2 verse 17. So you see, faith by itself, it's not enough. Unless you produce good deeds, it is death and useless. With other words, you can bring this Bible verse, go out and do something. Here is what I learned through all the years. If you put pressure on your kids, there will be obedience for one month. People are only changed, not by pressure, changed by a vision. Give people a vision and they will run for the rest of your life. Put pressure on people, they will do it for one month because they have to do it, but it will not last forever. This is an advice for all those people who have kids. Lead your kids with visions. Lead your kids with values. Not with structure and not with pressure. You must because I'm your dad. You can do this, it's not a big deal. But when they're 18, they leave your home. Lead your family, your friends with visions. What I like about God, and I want to show you a principle what I believe from the bottom of my heart. God said to the disciples, go to Jerusalem, preach the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the rest of the world. I want to repeat it. Go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the rest of the world. I believe in social needs, it's the same strategy. You start first home and then the world. My point number one, and I have actually two points, love spreads. Love spreads. I want to draw you a very, very simple strategy about social needs. And I believe this is a strategy uh, which I used for many, many years because I like to teach you how I do it. Because social needs is all over, it's endless, but I believe it starts Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the rest of the world. It starts always with God. Now you say, uh, Pastor Leo, God has no need. God has everything. God belongs everything. Why you say you start with God? For me, the most important thing as a Christian is to ask God every day the simple, unique, adventurous question. God, is there something you call me to do? Is there anything for whom I can be a blessing? Like the Tuesday after our ICF conference, we served for one week. I was very tired. Uh, I was in my chair outside and uh, I was very tired. And I asked God, God, is there anything I can do for you? And in my belly, I had a belly feeling. You know, you know how God speaks sometimes to your belly? Sometimes to your heart, to your soul, to your whatever. I had a belly feeling. There is a, a bike your wife has a bike, a motorbike. Give it away to that person who has a need. The problem is about two weeks before I preach in the church, you know, I have to pay more taxes and my strategy is to sell the motorbike for my wife to pay the taxes and I preached that and people were applauding in the church and it was an amazing story. I said, God, uh, all the people, they were in that message. That message is actually supposed to sell that I can buy my taxes. And you give me a belling feeling to give it away for free? 
You know, you know, sometimes you have a feeling comes out of the blue like, like a lightning bolt poof, comes and I know immediately it's God. And I said to my wife, honey, good news, we give away the motorbike to a friend. She said, hallelujah, praise the Lord, let's do it. For that guy, it's a miracle. For me, now I need a miracle. What I want to say right in the beginning, social needs always starts by God asking God a very, very profound question. Is there anything, God, I can do for you because I'm the salt and the light on planet Earth? The second thing, it's actually your family. Your family. In the beginning, in the early years of my ministry in our church, My wife always said to me, you are married with ICF. You love ICF more than me. I said, I don't get it. What are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm not married with ICF. I'm, I'm married with you. She said, no, no, you love ICF more than myself. And I never understood what she's actually talking to me. And some years later, I had really a godly moment. God said to me, look, When it comes to church, you do everything, you plan everything, you structure everything, you're full on energy, you give you life. When you come home, you're tired. I said, yes, God, of course, that is home. When we go home, we are tired from work. She said, no, no, that's actually what your wife is feeling. You give everything for the church and she gets the leftover, the tiredness. The grumpy Leo behind the scene. And then I had like a godly moment. I said, okay, I have to change it. From now on, I will be the best husband. Every vacation and every day off, I will plan as hard as I plan ICF. And now since many, many years, our vacation is a plan. It's the best of, of everything. I think down, I set down, I'm planning everything, I'm amazing ideas. I start to climbing in the mountain. And here's a picture of climbing the mountains of my family. And you say, oh, cool, praise the Lord. You have to understand, I'm afraid of heights. And that's not a good thing to do it. And here's the thing. When it comes to church, is there a giant? I will kill it as a pastor. If there is a giant in my family, like afraid of heights, I would say, oh, that's, I have all the strength. I said to my family, I've also killed in the family some giants to prove you what I do in the church, I will do in the family. And we're doing crazy things right now because I don't want to be a guy who travels all over the world and my kids one day will say, Daddy, I follow you on social media. I liked you all the time, but you have never been at home. Mother Teresa said an outstanding quote, If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. <laughs> That's deep. That's a woman, she sacrificed her whole life for people in need. It's not like a manager or John Maxwell. This is a mother who is doing social ministry, says, if you want to really change the world, go home and love your family. It starts with the family. The third thing is your relatives. 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 
Here's the thing. My relatives, there are many. Many means many problems. For example, my sister, she lives in Italy, in Calabria, and there's always no work, nothing to do, and she has, has not so much money. And before I help people in the world, God will say, what about your sister? She lives in Italy. And uh, every month, my family puts money beside, we ties money, we are a part of the reach beyond, we are we're a part of the coming home thing, and every month, about all these things, we're spending money, or we're we, uh, we not spending, we are raising money from my sister in Italy. And I had no clue about six months ago, or a little bit more, she bought a fruit company, a fruit shop. And here's a picture about the fruit shop. And I asked my, my sister, Why, how in the world you had the money to buy a fruit shop? She said, the money you sent to me, I saved. And now we bought the fruit shop. And I said, why are you doing that? She said, you know, my, my husband has no job and my two girls, they have no job. And I, I just thought it's better to have a fruit job that they have something to do every day than they're sitting at home every day and do nothing. And the whole fruit shop makes 300 euros a month. So they get 300 euros and pay 300 euros. With other words, at the end of the day, it's zero. But it's better for them to do something, they do nothing. And be, behind that picture, you see a fridge. A fridge. The fridge. Here is the thing. When my sister started that fruit shop, after a heavy, he said, Leo, I have a problem. People, they want to buy a melone, melon, melon, but only a part, because in Italy, people are so poor. They're buying only a part of the melon, and then um, the next day, the melon is, is, I can throw it away because it's, 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 it's no, no, no uh, juice in anymore. And she said, I need a fridge. If I have a fridge, I can split it up, and with the melon, we make a lot of money. And I asked my sister, how much costs the fridge? She said, only 4,000 euros. Never ask a question. What can I do for you? It's the most expensive question. And here's the thing, how can I change the world? How can I change the world? Planting churches. But my sister has a need, it's a fridge. And I thought my mom said, mom, we have a problem, we have to buy a fridge. And my mom and myself, we, we paid the fridge for 4,000 euros. It was in the coming home campaign where we gave all the money for the Samsung Hall. I didn't like that fridge. Now she bought the fridge and she said to me, thank you so much. Our company is growing. We're making more money from month to month. And actually, if I'm being really, really honest, this fruit shop belongs to me. <laughs> That's the real story. Come on. Another thing is, in the next circle, it's the church. Church. You know, I believe the most social thing you can do is small groups. You can imagine if a church with, I don't know, maybe 300 small groups, there are people coming to the church, they're filling out the paper, and next Wednesday night, you're inviting a foreigner you have never met before in your home. This is not typical Swiss style. 
for international, no big deal for a Swiss guy, for a German guy, for an Austrian guy to invite a foreigner in your house. You never know what's happened. And the most social thing, what the Swiss people can do, open your houses for those people you have never met before. Mother Teresa, I said in the beginning, an amazing quote, she said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. There's so many people right now in, the, in our city, they're lonely. And social ministry starts opening your houses for those people they have no voices. The next one is the environment. Environment, a very complicated word. Envire. Uh, something's wrong there. Environment. Environment. Now I ask a woman in our church, she does a lot for the environment. Let's hear an amazing story of Kathy Gasser. She's, I will say, a member of our church from the early years on. She's actually, she belongs to ICF. Ich bin sehr behütet und christlich aufgewachsen. Ich bin sehr privilegiert auch aufgewachsen. Und denke auch, ich habe eine Verantwortung. Ich möchte gerne etwas weitergeben. Durch die Kinderoase haben wir ganz viel Kontakt mit Vätern, Müttern oder Kindern, die in schwierigen Umständen sind. Und darum haben wir uns überlegt, wie schaffen wir es, zu ihnen zu kommen und haben angefangen, Patenschaften anzubieten. Mich hat sehr angesprochen, dass es Patenschaften für Mütter gibt und oft sind das Mütter, die alleinerziehend sind. Gleichzeitig hat mich das auch herausgefordert, weil ich denke, was habe ich schon zu geben oder zu sagen in eine Situation hinein, die ich eigentlich nicht nachvollziehen kann. Mein erstes Treffen war zusammen mit Betty Gerber. Sie hat damals gesagt, komm, ich kenne eine Person, die würde vielleicht zu dir passen. Sie war mir vom ersten Augenblick an recht sympathisch. Und als Betty gesagt hat, das ist Kathi und sie ist vom ICF, sie ist meine Freundin, da ging das Herz von dieser Frau sofort auf. Diese Leute vertrauen der Kinderoase, weil sie einfach spüren, da sind Leute, die interessieren sich wirklich für ihr Leben. Die sind da, nicht nur in guten Zeiten, auch in schlechten Zeiten. Oft ist es so, dass sie dann die Tür aufmacht und sagt, wow, so gut, dass du gerade jetzt kommst. Sie erzählt mir dann aus ihrer Not manchmal auch tolle Erlebnisse. Dann lachen wir, manchmal weinen wir. Manchmal kann ich mit ihr beten und manchmal höre ich einfach zu. Für mich persönlich wurde diese Patenschaft zu einer richtig tollen Freundschaft. Ich habe auch eine Frauen Small Group im Hintergrund, die beten jetzt regelmäßig auch für sie. Das ist etwas, was mich ermutigt zu sehen, dass wie durch mich eine Brücke aus der Kirche heraus entsteht in ein solches Quartier hinein, wo Freundschaften und ähm, Hoffnung und Beziehung oft eine ganz andere, ähm, ein ganz anderes Erlebnis ist. Yes, let's give a big, big hand. Environment and the next circle is actually your city, that means Zurich. We have a lot of projects in our church and then comes the big, big world. This is like what Jesus is saying, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the rest of the world. Why I'm teaching that? 
I have to be honest, it's so simple to spend money to do social ministry all over the world. There are needs all over the world. You can give amazing reports if you do that. And, and, and we're doing this as well. We're supporting Cambodia. We're supporting things in Tel Aviv. We are a big church who gives a lot of money, a lot of the best people into the social ministry. But it starts always with God. Then comes the family. Then your relatives, as long as you have relatives in your family, God has called you to help them. Why I'm teaching that? Because Swiss people have the tendency to say, but I know my relatives. They are in need because they made some mistakes. Because as close the circle is, as more you know the story. And because you know the story, sometimes it's so hard to help them, but it's people far away you never met, only through a newsletter. In a newsletter, you can write whatever you want. It's far away. But those people, you know why they are in need. And that's why it starts with God, with your family, relatives, friends, church, and then we want to change the world because the Bible says in the church, there should be no need. Every need in the church should the church solve. Be the salt, be a light, be a voice, be a church who helps those people in the community to live a different lifestyle. I want to close with the second point. Love is, is selfless. Love is selfless. And I want to close with one very, very simple thought. Because what I study a lot about social needs or ministry. And those people, they are working in a hospital or, or just in a social ministry. Sometimes we have the feeling, when I give, I will receive. With other words, when I work with children, it's a lot of energy, but in the end of the day, I will receive a lot of blessing, good feedbacks, a lot of compliments. You will see this in this graphic behind me about that circle, when I give, I will receive. Or you say, I'm in a position, I have more money than the rest, I will give and then I will receive. Or as a Christian, we are supposed to do this and this. As a Christian, we should do this and this. And we give and we will receive. Here is the thing, for example, when you have kids, or when you're married, or when you're coming to a brand new church, in the beginning, you are so excited, everything is super, it's cool, it's new, it's fresh, it's trendy, God speaks. Or in a marriage, she's fresh, she's young, you have, you, everything is amazing. If you have kids, it's amazing, they're fresh, they're new, amazing. But after a while, it's not new anymore. It's not fresh anymore. It's always the same, same, same. And after a while, the feedback will not meet your soul, will not meet your heart, will not meet. It cannot fulfill you anymore. And then a lot of people coming to a point say, I gave and I gave and I gave, but it never came enough back. Everybody will experience that. You give money, and some people will never say thank you. You give time, some people will never appreciate what you have done. Even sometimes people will speak negative about you. And you gave and gave and gave, but it will never come enough back. Then you come 
to the most important position. And that's the question. Why I do what I do? Why I do what I do? Why I help people? Why I preach? Why I take care for my family? Why I open my house for a small group? Why I giving money all the time here and there? Why I'm doing what I do? I'm doing that for the applause, for the feedback. Why I do what I do? And here is the graphic. Jesus gave his life never for a feedback, never for an applause. Even when people never say thanks to him, he healed people. Love is selfless. We give. And here is why I started with God. In the beginning, you felt it's like a joke. Because in the end of the day, whom you will spend eternity, it's not your relatives, it's not the world, it's God. Everything comes from God and goes back to God. And one day God Almighty will ask the question, I have gave you a part of the social need I have called you. Have you been a voice? Have you stand up and changed the world? And God will say, okay, you quit because it was not enough applause. People never say thanks. That's why you have quit. So many people quit because you're disappointed. The response, the feedback, it's not enough. When you're quitting, you are in the position where the devil wants to have you. Here's the thing, a lot of people gave up. You are in the devil position. He comes to steal, to rob, to kill you. You know how the devil does it? And people are not giving enough feedback, not saying thanks to you. Using your time are not honest to you and say, I will never help people. I help them, but they never say thanks. I heard that so many times this sentence, for what? People take it for granted. I'm not a donkey. Why I do what I do? And I want to close with a last thing. Even in ministry, there are a lot of people, pastors, they're starting a church very well. Church is maybe not growing as they think and plan and hope. People, they will never say thanks. And a lot of people, they quit. Do you know why I cannot quit? Because God has called me. I'm not quitting because the church is growing. I'm not quitting because God has called me to be a light. And God has called you in a certain area of social needs. And you are a part of the body. And if you're not doing your job, the body is not completed. And that's how God sees the body of Christ in different jobs and areas. But in the end of the day, together as the body of Christ, we can and we will change the world for better. I want to close with a prayer for two kinds of people here. There are some people right now here, you, you need... Um, a godly moment where God reveals you, your area of social needs, maybe the one thing, the one thing. 
and other people you have quit, you have given up because the feedback and the thanks, it's not as you expected. And you are not used anymore for God. And I would love if you stand up and say, God, here I am, use me again. Let's bow our heads for a short prayer. And Father God, I'm so thankful for the principle you have taught us. Right in the beginning, you see, you hear, and you know. And Holy Spirit, just give me right now a revelation about the area of social need. You have called me to make a difference. You have called me as a ministry. Let's be quiet for a moment and just ask the Spirit of God in all the needs on planet Earth, what is the one thing, the only thing that God has called you to be responsible and be a light. It's the one thing. Holy Spirit, what is the one thing? As an international community, different from people from so many different backgrounds and ethnic groups what is the one thing you have called me to stand up and be a voice for those that have no voice anymore and I pray right now for those people that have given up for those people that have quit, maybe in a certain area of quit, you have given up. Because people have disappointed you. The response and the feedback is not what you have expected, what you believed, what you hoped, what you longed for. There are times in our lives when God says, get up. Stand up. Your past should not define your future. Your destiny is bigger than your past. Your calling is way bigger than you can imagine. Imagine what would happen if I stand up with the power of the Holy Spirit for the one thing, for the one thing, and I will be a miracle for those people in need. I want to right now ask you as a pastor, is there any area you have quit where you have given up, where you have been disappointed? Jesus gave his life even when his disciples had betrayed him. He never quit the love to you and me because his calling was not, was not attached with a lot of expectations. He gave his life selfless even when nothing came back, even when people betrayed him.
because He knows that is my calling. And right now I want to ask you, you are called from God. Called from God. Despise when people will not respond. Despise when people will not say thanks. We are called by God Almighty.